0: welcome to the chatterbox with your host nicole Parchini. this episode is kind of a riff off of a a blog post that i wrote not too long ago called make it make sense and so when i when i wrote this piece i wrote it primarily because i felt like when i was a lot younger I, i i was always very curious about the world the world fascinates me i I'm very you know interested in why humans live the way that we do and just how our world works and why does it work the way that it works and why is what we know to be true the truth and you know just why is our reality our reality and so but i always assumed that you know a lot of the things that i didn't understand as a kid that they were answers to but i was just too young to understand them and I, I always assume when I was a child that adults had it figured out adults knew everything adults have the answers and so we were you know on a plan on a path to success and growth of the human race because adults knew exactly what they were doing but you know I, I the older I get I'm starting to realize adults don't know shit adults don't know they know things but they don't know as much as you think that they know when you're a kid you think they know everything but then the older you get you start to realize that some of these adults are stupid and like there's actually a lot that we don't know about the world that we live in and things that we take for granted that for me i'm like wait a minute how am i supposed to focus on anything related to the future, when I still have so many unanswered questions about shit that's occurred in the past, like um, hello. But let, let's get into it. So, what am I? What am I talking about? I feel like you know we live in a world where we have a lot of really strong guesses, and we call them theories, and it's assumptions that we have of the world. And so far, a lot of them have held up. A lot of them keep us alive. You know, a lot of these theories have allowed us to launch rockets and satellites into space. We have been able to, you know, cure diseases. We have been able to do some really cool shit. But uh, still, a lot of it at the end of the day is assumptions that we humans have about the world. And whether or not they're true or not is irrelevant. Other than this is what we, these are the rules that we assume are correct as to explain the reality that we occupy but at the end of the day like we don't really know if that's the right answer because it's not like god's gonna just show up one day and be like you know what scientists physicists religion people this is really what's right and wrong we ultimately as humans are being the judge of what of what parts of our information are true and how it influences the way that we live every day but i feel like we live in a world we don't understand and we are destroying it before we've even had a chance to how we treat the world like essentially even how we treat each other there's so much great things humans do you know we we do build awesome stuff but in the process of building all this awesome stuff we destroy a lot of things we make a ton of mess like a ridiculous amount of mess to the point where our garbage we're trying to recycle into new material because we've just created so much garbage like we have islands of garbage it's insane like how much crap we produce every year and we do this at a rate that is so mind-bogglingly fast that we are destroying ecosystems and not even really caring about it because well i got the new matcha from starbucks so what does it matter if the chimpanzees are running out of forest because we need palm oil to create all the syrups and shit that we consume like in nutella and you know it's crazy because there's so much of the world we haven't discovered yet there's species out there that we don't even know of that still exist and occupy this planet but we don't even know that they exist and we probably will never know that they exist because we continue to destroy and pollute our environment at a rate that again mind-bogglingly fast. a lot of the things that we hold to be true are based on our senses and how we again occupy the world and if our senses were to be different the way that we would perceive and therefore engage with the world would be different and when I say that I I want you to really think about it because how we perceive the world again is not an accurate representation of how the world actually works we move through a world made up of solid things that are in fact not solid at all and if you study physics or if you you know i don't know if science was your thing in school and you're probably like this shit is boring when will i ever apply it to life but physics explains why you and i exist fundamentally and like why you can even hear what i'm saying right now this idea that we are made up of really small things called atoms some say you know it goes as even further as quarks but a lot of these atoms are made up of subatomic particles that are more space than matter so if you are made up of stuff that's more space than matter but that stuff makes up the compounds that make up the tissues that make up the organ systems in your body what does that mean if the majority of the stuff that makes you who you are is space and not actually matter and what does that mean for your ability to be a conscious thing that again can interpret what i am saying right now and have its own opinions and feelings about what it's hearing through whatever you know technology that you're streaming this podcast on like it's absolutely insane and even though we are made up of more space than matter we're still able to move through this world we you know we obviously don't walk through walls we obviously if i punch you you will feel it you know it's not like i'm just gonna go through you and so it's interesting how something that is not solid at all still occupies space in this world and for me that's really really interesting because what does that mean if you're sick if if you're just you know a vibrating mush of particles what how does a vibrating mush of particles get sick you know what i mean like that's how does that even work even though from a biological perspective we understand that there are things like pathogens and viruses that can affect the body if those things too are nothing but vibrating particles and those vibrating particles are meshing with my vibrating particles and are creating a different response in my vibrating particles like it's just interesting to how how do we not we don't look at the world that way when we move through it we actually ignore a lot of that and we move through it in this classical newtonian way which has worked out again really well we can launch spaceships we can do all sorts of cool things but at the end of the day, like how we perceive the world is again not how the world actually is but a lot of the decisions that we make every day um ignores that fact um when i think it's stuff that we should be thinking about because like it explains again how we get here and i think like how are we supposed to move forward in the world when we don't even really understand how we exist in the first place but anyway and when when i when i talk about these ideas of like you being a subatomic Mass of vibrating particles, and you're like Harsha. How do? What does that even mean? Like, how how am I supposed to? I obviously don't feel that way, but I I'm curious to have this experiment that you can try at home or right now or whatever it is that you're doing. But I want you to try and actually feel a part of your body, whether that be your hand, your ear, your toe, whatever it may be. If you actually try for a second or maybe longer than a second, let's say like a minute, five minutes to try and feel an actual part of the body. What does that feel like? Like, what does it feel like to have a hand? And for me, when I try this and I try to sense my hand, what I feel is usually an energetic void and it doesn't really feel like anything. It kind of feels just like a a tingly pressure But I know if I slam that tingly pressure in a door, I'm going to scream. And that's kind of cool and weird and interesting. Everyone in the world, everyone that you know, perceives the world differently from you. Everyone that you've met has a completely different idea of who you are in their head. My reference for the color red is likely different from yours. What I taste, what my threshold for sweet is likely different from yours. And so a lot of the decisions that we make on the daily basis, like what to eat, how to drive and what we pay attention to is largely driven by our senses, which each have different frames of references for each person. That is largely based on where you grew up, who your teachers were, how you were educated, the environment that you were in and the types of experiences that you experienced in your life how has our ability you know growing up with a sun influenced our perception of light and how we perceive the things that give us energy and nutrients we are brought to you by empower you applying for college or moving abroad to the us canada or the netherlands not sure which school offers financial aid to caribbean students Looking for scholarship resources or just someone to talk to about the experience and get guidance? Check out Empower You. It's a nonprofit founded by yours truly with the values to empower, educate, and expand the opportunities for young Caribbean and minority students. Empower You offers college fact sheets, college application and resume proofreading and editing services, mentorship and help with college applications or just figuring life out after high school. They secretly offer tutoring services too, but I didn't say that. All of their main services are free. For more information or if you're interested in donating to this fabulous organization, check out their website at empoweryou.online. That's empoweryou with the letter U, not the word, dot online. Would the way that we engage with the world be different if our senses were different? And I... I think the answer to that is yes you know if I were blind I obviously would engage with the world differently if I was deaf I probably would engage with the world differently but if I was an entirely different being like a bat I'm sure for a fact my experience of reality would be entirely different and therefore the way that I would engage with the world would be entirely different and I sometimes you know I think about this because I think you know like I always feel bad when I see animals get run over on the highway here in the United States. Like that's like anytime I see roadkill, I swear I like pray for that animal. Like I feel so bad because to me, again, like the world that we live in was built. We we changed it to suit our needs, forgetting that this is not a world that is just our own. And in the fact that we share it with many other creatures, but we seem to forget that because we put our priorities over theirs, which I understand. I mean, it makes sense. Like, why would we not do what humans need? But I sometimes think about, like, how these other animals are engaging in a world that because their senses are different, they don't necessarily see our roads as roads. They see them as obstacles um, from getting one side of the forest to another. And it's just interesting because I wonder if if we have this ability to be conscious and think about things from different perspectives should we not be ethically responsible for making sure that we then represent creatures that we share this planet with but we know obviously can't speak to us about their needs but we are rational enough to be able to deduce their needs and you know i i the whole point of this is really because i spend a lot of time thinking about the things that we do and you know speaking of animals one thing that i i I think this is interesting to me is like animals don't really shower the way that humans do and don't get me wrong like showers are great and I definitely think people should shower I I'm definitely not a fan of body odor but I think it's interesting where this idea of you know using soap and water to cleanse the skin came from and obviously you know humans weren't born with soap like we invented it and science has proven the efficacy of soap for public health and sanitation but sometimes i i think like what if soap was the was a good invention but not the best invention for when it comes to sanitation and just cleaning the body because again i feel like we were you know we were born into this world naked and alone you know and so obviously we use our brain and creativity to create all of these cool tools to help make life easier for ourselves because i'm sure being in negative 60 degree weather butt ass naked is not a great feeling and so we created clothes to protect our skin which was super fragile because we didn't grow fur on the rest of our body to the same extent that other mammals do but i sometimes again wonder like what if we should be using something that's even better than soap to cleanse the body, and you know, I I came across one of my friends, Kemi, uh, came. It showed me this this inventor from the University of Michigan and is currently working on, I guess, launching this small business around utilizing light as a way of medicine or just as a way of cleansing the body. And it's specifically, I believe, it's the usage of red light. Um, I'm not too well read in the how red light um, kills bacteria or can improve sanitation but from what I have seen thus far it seems to have some sort of impact and I know people use like red light for skin therapy and stuff like that but it's interesting to me just because it's like light is something that's been around us um, since the day we've been born even before humans evolved Um, on planet earth light light has definitely been a huge influential factor on the environment that the earth created and so why don't we you know in science and medicine look at light as a tool to actually help improve the quality of life for people because I'm sure I'm not the only one that If you go out in the sun, you know, after a gray, dreary day, it definitely has an impact on my mood. It definitely makes me feel better, makes me feel more energetic, just more engaged and happy. And again, like we don't really talk a lot about other ways of doing things. And I I think science is one of those things that is about the progress of society and technology and engineering has definitely been pushing things forward. But again, I think it's important for us to question why we do the things that we do because sometimes the way that we do them may not necessarily be what's best for society or what's best for just humanity or for the planet. And if we, instead of just accepting the status quo, which I feel like it's easy to do, especially given how large our civilization, our species is, But I think for us to continue to make the world a better place, we have to question the decisions that we just take for granted or the ideas that influence our lives that we just take for granted Um, and understanding like maybe this isn't where we should stop. Maybe we should keep going. Maybe there are other alternatives that we have never considered that would be much better at creating a better life for everyone. And that's the whole goal. That's why we work together in a civilization is because it's better as a group than being alone okay but yeah like clearly we make decisions that are not in what's best for humanity like guns is a perfect example of that we made them you know at a time where for some reason or another humans felt like we needed to kill each other over land like i understand land is a limited resource and all but it's just interesting to me where like how humans just became were so territorial to the point where we were willing to kill each other and i do understand there there is some evolutionary biology and psychology that does tie into that which is related to the in group versus out group um and where like you're more likely to protect people in your tribe than people in another tribe and that's why tribes are very dangerous um to the growth of communities and society but Back to guns. Guns were clearly not a good idea. But yet we continue to make them. Um, And the reason why I feel like is because money has been a great motivator in propelling society forward. But money is not always perfect. Because I feel like money sometimes corrupts the systems that's meant to serve people. In the example of guns, guns is not something that necessarily serves people. It serves the idea that there is an external threat. You know, that, that you need to protect your family. That you need to protect your community. You need to protect your country. But why are we living? It's like 2021. Like why are we living in a world where we feel like our neighbors are, our, are a threat to us? Like You would think having had so much time on this planet. Like we would have recognized that we're a lot more similar than we are different. As much as humans disagree on a lot of things from religion to you know should you get vaccinated or not or like how you should spend your money at the end of the day we're all human we're all just trying to create a better life for our families we're all just trying to be happy and i think it's important for us to remember that we are more alike than different and this whole idea of separateness that you know different nationalities even different races to me is really toxic because it breeds the idea of tribalism from the beginning you know if you have a country that you are patriotic to like these the people in that country whether or not you know them all they become your tribe and naturally people want to support their tribe even though the whole tribe thing is like silly to me at least anyways But yeah, money for me, you know, I feel like it's a great motivator. It's definitely served society in a lot of really great ways, you know, because of money. A lot of the things that we have today are driven because of financial decisions. But to me, the issue with money is, again, it has this tendency to corrupt systems meant to serve people. Because if you live in a capitalistic society where at the end of the day, the number one goal is to really be rich AF, i'm trying not to swear as much guys okay i'm trying if you're in a in a capitalistic society where the goal at the end of the day to be is to be a billionaire is to be the richest mofo on the streets you know what i mean like how is that necessarily ever going to be what's best for the majority when one person is always going to have the majority yeah you know and so it's interesting because it's like on one level can you blame someone for just being really good at the game of capitalism no i don't think you can like you know whatever it is that they're doing whether it's good or bad like they're playing the game the way the game was made to be played and just because they win you can't be a hater but again How is this a system that's serving people when the whole point of us being a civilization is for all of us to grow and prosper for all of us to have improved quality of life for all of us to be moving forward generation from generation, because if certain groups are not feeling like they're improving their quality of life, then what is the point of playing this game? Why are we, you know, all a part of this society if it doesn't serve everybody? But again, I I think that that's a hard thing to do. I don't think any society has ever been perfect. And I will say, like, we should definitely be giving credit where credit is due. And democracy has tried its hardest. And I think it has done a really good job for a while. Whether or not is it the system that will continue to take us where we need to go? I don't know. But I do think that that's something that we should be talking about. Because to me, it seems like democracy has kind of been bought and sold because of how influential money has been in the game of politics. And frankly, money really is what decides what vaccines and medicines get made, no matter how valuable they are to society. Money decides what movies get made, what products get made, what policies are enforced, what clothes come out next season, what schools have the best programs, what research gets funded, regardless of the harm or benefit it provides to society obviously you would think right like having more money would always be what's best but again for example ebola was a very lethal freaking disease okay and to this day we still don't have a vaccine for ebola but we have one for covid but the thing the difference between covid and ebola was ebola was at least controlled to mostly african nations and it didn't affect the rest of the world covid touched everyone's land And so there was more, you could say, of a vested interest in creating a vaccine for COVID. But I will say it also probably had a better price tag, too, because imagine only a couple hundred thousand, maybe a couple million people getting the Ebola vaccine versus billions of people getting the COVID vaccine. That is an extra zero. But I'm telling you, that comes with a lot of moolah. Okay, And so, again, like money I feel it can be toxic because people will sacrifice their health relationships their well-being even their morals just to attain it and for me Is money the right thing to even drive progress if it ignores the destruction of the only planet we have? Like how good is money as a motivator if it's creating unsustainable practices that frankly, again, are unsustainable? We cannot sustain living this way. If we continue to do it this way, what will happen will be guaranteed misery and suffering for masses and masses of people. And I know we can ignore that right now because... We can pretend like life is Gucci because war is not on our side of the planet but there are people out there that are currently experiencing what it's like to live in some shit ass situations like starvation, war torn nations, freaking being like put in prison over your religion and yet again like we continue to truck forward when there are warning signs people have been losing property to natural disasters we have seen the warning signs of climate change and just like how our mass growth in population is actually if we do not do this properly if we do not continue to maintain our infrastructure puts the entire species at risk and I know like people are like oh haha ha. like humans will come out at the other end nah you know what will come out at the other end cockroaches them bitches freaking will survive an atomic bomb we will be crisp bacon just crumbling into the soil okay do we really think that money is the best motivator for humans like cuz i i do agree okay money makes sense cuz before we had the whole bartering system and like you know exchanging services is cool and all but it's not very effective if like i built you a computer but then you like paint my nails it's not really a fair trade you know what i mean and so money was a great way of tying a monetary value to a service or a product where that the vehicle in which you were exchanging which is money um could be applied to yeah diamonds a service it didn't really matter but you knew it was like a common currency um from which to do business and that's why money exists in it you know it made sense and i feel like that's why it makes sense why bitcoin and cryptocurrencies could replace conventional dollars if we chose to go that way but again like my thing is do people really need money to be the thing that motivates them to do work is like the thing that gets people to be productive money or would people be productive without money and in fact people naturally want to create things i am of the belief that people are naturally interested in creating things i think that's in our nature to be creators of our of our own tools and toys we've been doing it for decades, we do it without even realizing that we're doing it. I think that's just how we operate. And so sometimes I wonder, how would you then replace a society that is based on money um, and having value based on productivity? How how do you replace that? How do you how do you make a society where money is not the center? Because currently, again, the way that we distribute resources, the way that we prioritize all of the tasks that humans could be doing with their time is based on money which is pretty much based on how can we make more money that's where we put our money so how do you replace a society where all of its resources is based on money how do you decide who gets how much land and for at what value point and if they deserve that land if you don't have any way of creating sort of like a common denominator to determine whether or not that individual worked hard enough to deserve that piece of land it's easy with money because you just buy it so no one can tell you hey do you deserve that mansion well I bought it you know what I mean but then if we take that away what do you do how do you decide who gets what and how much of what and I think like Sometimes I understand capitalism is not a perfect system in any shape or form. But again, it's important for us to improve on what we have. We don't necessarily need to scrap it. But I see the temptation to scrap it, you know, because, again, money is so deeply rooted in the way that we think about ourselves, the way that we think about each other, the way that we think about communities and countries um, and which countries get to grow and which don't is largely dependent on money. I mean, if you look at my home country right now, they're all crying because of how broke they are. But again, money, you know, for some people, they they use it as a vehicle of power and control over others. And that dictates a lot of the well-being of communities. And is that the right thing to do? I don't know. But I think it's important that we talk about it and understand why again or do we live the way that we live because again if we live in a system that's not serving people eventually i mean are are we just going to accept that you know like where 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 do we eventually decide like we want better for ourselves and for our future and just for our, our entire species you know because i I personally want a world in which everyone has the ability to progress and to grow and to harness skills and to contribute to society. You know, I think the whole point of living is really to be of service and to help just your fellow man, help your fellow gal, your neighbor, like make life better by being just a good kind person. But here's another thought for you. Humans have no idea where humans came from. And you're probably like, evolution, duh. And it's like, okay, this is true. Evolution is our best theory right now as to where humans came from. And it paints this idea that, you know, we evolved from primates, not necessarily that we were chimps and gorillas, but that our ancestors may have originated from that tree. And so over time, we had other variants of homo sapiens one of them was you know the neanderthals and and those folks lucy all them all them peeps you know but again there's still a lot of gaps in the story as to how humans came to be and why we are the only ones of our kind but again there's still a lot we don't really know and i mean i believe in evolution you know if you asked me harsha how did humans get here i'd probably say evolution Um, is our best guess. But again, there's still so much we don't know. And I'll tell you in a perfect example, we still don't know, or at least I have not heard the answer to what happened to the Mayans or the Olmecs. They just vanished off of the face of the earth. I think the best guess that I recall was that the Mayans vanished because they just destroyed their ecosystem so much that like a lot of their land eroded and so they had to move but nobody told me where they moved to and again with the Olmecs they're even older than the Mayans and they really just disappeared and they built those gigantic sculptures that again nobody can explain how the hell humans did that like absolutely no understanding of how they did that and to make matters worse so when i was in school i was taught that human civilization so that's the development of complex life into like urban areas and settlements began roughly like three thousand to four thousand bce right but in fact recently and i don't i mean, i say recently i don't know when they actually discovered this oh i have it right here they discovered it in 1963 but they discovered this archaeological site in turkey called Goblee tepe i feel like i'm saying that weird but Goblee tepe essentially was discovered in 1963 and it is one of the, in fact, probably the oldest archaeological site that we know of that displays complex civilizations. And you know, when this thing was dated, mind you, it was dated to 9,000 BCE, okay? That's 6,000 years before we were taught humans were able to create complex civilizations. So you're telling me for 6,000 years, mind you, think about that, 6,000 years. Okay, and we had complex civilizations on planet Earth 6,000 years before we thought humans were capable of developing civilizations. And mind you, at this archaeological site, there are etchings on some pillars that show this like figure holding like a purse on a serpent, and that same, same same symbol has been found at archaeological sites all across the world explain it to me because somebody has not I, i need answers and then on top of that okay i'm just gonna throw out this other this other historical um thing that you guys should know because i think that it's really sus and i need answers okay so there was this lovely human being r.i.p because he's not with us anymore but lord knows if i could have met him it would have been everything but his name is john anthony west he did a lot of work um with like ancient egyptian civilizations and like archaeological um sites and just like events around archaeology in ancient with ancient egypt and he along with a geologist i believe Um, We're actually able to determine that the Sphinx that we were taught again um, was built during the time of the Great Pyramids is actually way older than what we thought it was. And that is due to they were able to detect erosion on the body of the Sphinx that dates back to a time when Egypt flooded. Now, if you are like me, Egypt, we're taught, has been a desert desert. Forever, like literally forever, like forever and ever and ever. So, for the time, so for how, so pretty much when Egypt flooded was so long ago. And I, I apologize, that I don't actually know the numbers for this one, but it was so long ago that they're like, this is impossible. Because then, who the hell built the Sphinx? Because literally they didn't even think that there were people in Egypt when Egypt was flooding, nevertheless building the freaking Sphinx back then. And yet it happened. So again, answers, I need them. Somebody please email me or something. DM me. I need to know because as a human, how are we supposed to figure out what humans should be doing with their time and with their life if we don't even understand our own backstory? Because, again, humans are are just like the weirdest animal to exist on this planet. And yet, again, we have this consciousness that we can't explain. And we have this history that is so long that we don't even know. And yet we're still trying to make decisions on the future and what we should be doing when it's like, what if our whole idea of humanity and what humans were is completely wrong? You know, I when I was in college, I spent a lot of time talking to a lot of different faculty. And during one of my conversations with a great biophysics lecturer at Michigan, and we were talking about his research in Alzheimer's. And what's interesting to me was he was pretty much saying, despite all the years of research that has been going into Alzheimer's and different mental illnesses we still, to this day, do not know the cause of Alzheimer's, even though this is one of the most common mental illnesses that you know older people can develop um, over their lifetime, and it's just absolutely insane because it's like we've been doing so much work to try to understand humanity, and understand how our brain works, and how we decay and die, and the things that go wrong in our body, but yet we have made very like we've made progress but to think about how much we don't know about ourselves and about how we get sick and how we lose our minds over time and how age affects our ability to function is absolutely insane and even better yet we have no idea what happens to a person in the event of death what goes through their consciousness what how do they feel physically and what is that feel like more than anything what is the feeling associated with that event we have absolutely no idea and i think because we have no idea for so many people that's a scary thing i can't even imagine what it would be like to not exist tomorrow for this to be like my last podcast for whatever reason like i couldn't even imagine what that would be like i couldn't even imagine what that just like just that it's just like a wall there's just an i I cannot explain that but even still like we have no idea what babies experience as they gain consciousness i have no recollection of what it was like to be a baby nevertheless what it was like to be in my mom's womb to grow to manifest myself into existence i have absolutely no reference no memory nothing of what that experience was like i have no recollection of what it was like to be born i have no recollection of my first days as a human and obviously you know one could argue like your brain wasn't fully developed so obviously you maybe don't have the ability to store memories but again babies become conscious and so it's like at what point then does a baby become conscious is it like are you conscious once you can retain memories or are you conscious from the moment you're born like where where does this line get drawn and we don't understand we don't understand why does the brain do what it does we can map function to region but why does the, the brain invent colors that don't exist again what why what functional service does that serve us is it an evolutionary based thing is it just uh proof that we live in some sort of matrix that makes no sense like how do we know that our understanding of physics is for sure explains everything because again. The color pink doesn't exist, but many of us see it every day. And why? Physics cannot explain the color pink. It does not it's not a physical concept and yet we perceive it in our reality. You know, and it's like again, humans have so many different states of consciousness. We are happy, we are sad, we feel guilty, we feel anxious, we feel paranoid. We dream, and our dreams feel real. Our dreams can scare us you know why do we force kids to go to school at 8 a.m when their biological clocks would rather them be asleep at the early hours when they need to wake up to get ready for school at 8 a.m like it makes no sense and then we get mad at teenagers for being grumpy well if you were sleep deprived for months on end because you were forced to wake up at 8 a.m Well, at 5 a.m. So you could be in class for your 8 a.m. I mean, wouldn't you be grumpy too? But the difference is adults drink coffee until they just try to make kids feel like shit for feeling how they feel. It's just, I don't know, like, I I sometimes just wonder, like, you know, why, why are we, why do we have the rules that we have? And a lot of them make sense, you know, why we created nations was to make it easier for us to understand how much resources we had and how we could distribute resources with other nations, other countries. And the reason we did that, because it was easier to manage people that way. I assume, again, that nations were created because it was a lot easier to manage people that way and then you could create unions and then these you know unions could collaborate across nations to create collective goals that would push humanity forward but again our nation's the best way to group people especially in a day and age where we pretty much live in a global village people travel all the time across countries clearly covid didn't give a damn what nation you were part of and so sometimes it's like are these old ideas of how we group ourselves, how we identify ourselves, does that necessarily best serve the needs of humans in the future? Is gender the best way to divide labor and social responsibilities? I think gender and the way that mainstream media looks at gender is. Um, i have a few problems with personally uh i don't know if i want to get into it right now but I, i'll say you this this is this is my take one i think we should not be basing labor and social responsibilities based on gender i think that's really silly you know a lot of the things that a lot of the social stereotypes that we have around gender to me are stupid like straight up Dumb, don't make any sense. I don't know why anyone ever thought that we needed to believe this garbage. Like, why, like, this idea that women need to be soft or that men are hard. Women can't burp or like women shouldn't swear or like women can't wear, you know, there was a time where women didn't even wear pants. Like, to me, all of those things just seem silly. Like, when did clothes have gender? To me, if a guy wants to wear a skirt, I mean, you better rock that shit. Like, I really don't care. And I don't know why anybody else cares what people do with their life if it doesn't hurt you or anybody else but I will say gender is tied to biology and frankly you can fight me on that we should be able to have these conversations in our society if we want us to all be able to move together to live together to work together we don't all have to agree but we should all be able to talk and still be friends after because my ability to connect with other humans is super important for me to just not engage with people because they don't agree with me is not that's not how society should work cancel culture is dumb you can't you need to be having conversations with people okay you can't just because they don't agree with you just don't talk to them ever again like That is how you breed extremism is you don't allow people to express themselves and you tell them that their thoughts are stupid when instead of saying that their ideas are bad and stupid, you should just replace them with a better idea. That's how we grow collectively. Okay, okay. But again, you know, every every life is different. Every human wants different things. And you know, I feel like there's just so much that we can do. Because there's a lot that we do share in common. Even though we all want different things, we all want to be able to be safe. We all want to be able to eat good food. You know, we all want to be able to save. We all want to be able to live comfortably. And it's really, really insane to me how that's so hard for us to get there. Why is it so hard for us to get there? You know, I don't understand, especially when it comes to the food thing, because food grows on trees for free if you just plant the seed like food will grow i'm literally growing an avocado right now like it just takes practice and patience but again why do we even waste food in the beginning just to keep prices stable when there's so many people outside starving answers because again we all are accepting that we all accept food getting thrown away because again How many of us are aware of how much food gets thrown away every year? How much meat gets thrown away because it's spoiled? All those cows were just killed for you to have that steak, but nobody bought the steak. So now it's spoiled. So that cow's life was worthless. Like, again, why do we waste food at all? And I know there are countries that have passed policies to disincentivize wasting food. I believe this was like in France. But again, why is it like, why is it something that needs to take so much time like it seems so obvious as to why we shouldn't be wasting food especially again when there's such a mass population of fellow humans that are starving and frankly i hate when like food in my fridge spoils it makes me really upset because i know how privileged i am to even have food in my fridge and knowing that there's people out there that don't even have that luxury. We have to think about the actions that we each do every day. Because again, what we accept as the norm allows these things to happen. And I know it's not perfect because a lot of these things that we have created to create the world and make it better have had blowbacks. You know, no great idea is perfect. But I think it's important for us to have conversations that challenge what we expect to be normal what we accept so that we can continue to grow and that's like the whole point is for us to continue to grow i want the best for us like i want us to be awesome and like to be living in a civilization that we're proud of you know and if we don't have these kinds of conversations like how are we going to get there and i know i talk like i'm talking to you right now like we were in the same room and I don't know, maybe you have opinions about the stuff that I said, but if you do, please share them with me. If you're interested in how you can share your perspectives with me, go to my the website for this for this podcast. You can go to my website which is harshaparchani.com slash podcast and that will take you to my podcast page and there you can actually leave me a voice message for this episode where you can share your thoughts you can share your opinions you can tell me I'm an idiot I don't know like share whatever it is that you want to share Um, the whole point of my podcast is for it to be a conversation not just between me and the mic but hopefully with you all that listen to my episodes every time they come out and it means a lot to me and i appreciate you listening and being there but yeah if you want to engage with me definitely reach out i would love to hear what my fellow humans think and what thoughts they would like to see or questions they have about our society because i think it's important for us to have these conversations because how do we expect to grow and plan for the future if we don't even know what we all think So thanks again for listening to this episode of The Chatterbox. I hope to see you again next time. Follow us on Instagram at the.chatterbox.